Hi, welcome to another month of Civic List. I'm Matthew Camp, joined by Congressman Adriano Aspeyat. Good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning, Matthew. How's it going today? Pretty good, pretty good. Okay, good. Well, really pleased that you're here. I'm at the southern end of your district, New York 13, uh, okay. which is northern Manhattan and a bit of the Bronx, right? That's correct, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, so let's get started. What do you love about the district? I think the diversity is one of its strongest points. And the iconic neighborhoods that it has, for example, it has Harlem, which is the capital, the capital of the African diaspora. It has East Harlem, which is sort of like the launching pad for the Latino experience in New York City, the Puerto Rican experience. And then you have immigrant northern Manhattan and a working class Northwest Bronx. So it's a very... Um, diverse district with people from Senegal, from Albania, from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, from uh, the West, West Africa, from uh, the Dominican Republic, uh, a very strong Jewish community, both German Jews and Soviet Jews. And so it's a very diverse district and um, I'm happy to represent. Yeah. yeah, and how did you get started in politics? Oh, I started very young and um, we uh, were active as a young teenager uh, in, you know, getting the community organized. And when I came back from college, I was very active in the fight against crack cocaine in the neighborhood. And so uh, to bring about uh, safer neighborhoods and, and to try to work with the youth at the time. So I've been around this a long time. Yeah, yeah. How about today? What do you think the challenges are in the community? Well, I mean, right now, clearly, uh, health is the number one issue because of the pandemic, right? The health disparities. Uh, how do we break with those health disparities? How do we implement a uh, significant and important mental health component post-COVID-19? Right. Uh, how do we get our uh, healthcare institutions to address diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, and all the, the health problems that really uh, contributed to the high number of deaths in our community. So that's gotta be number one. But traditionally it's been housing, right? Housing has been a, a key uh, problem and one that draws many, many constituents to my office, as well as immigration because of the diversity of the uh, neighborhood. Right, right. So health, housing, um, and when constituents come to your office, how, what's the process by which you're able to listen to, understand all of their concerns? Well, they come to my office to do casework. Uh, very often they email me and then we make the appointments for them to come in. And you know, we're one of the busiest office, offices in ensuring that we return uh, our emails and we respond to them. It's like 40,000 and we have interns and staff just constantly every day responding to emails um, with, with uh, constituents uh, complaints and uh, constituents asking information about us. We have uh, a very active uh, Twitter account. We do robocalls. For example, this past week I did a robocall for zip codes in the district that had a show they were dragging a little bit with regards to the census count. So I wanted to push 
to see how we can get a better response for the census count. We do mailers in those during the COVID, uh, when, you know, those tough months of the pandemic, I did mailers so people knew where to, uh, where to get tested, where to get food, et cetera, and try to um, use the mechanisms offered by government to communicate with my constituents. Mm -hmm. I think I got one of those robocalls. Um, okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, when I worked in uh, a couple of different U.S. Senate offices, I was picking up phones, answering emails, just like I think your staff do. And we had to log in uh, every phone call, email, fax, et cetera. Is that still a process? Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we, we do a yearly report at the end of the year that highlights, for example, how many constituent cases, we break it down by issue, immigration, housing, et cetera, right? How many, how many emails we answer to? And so it, it's, it's a good tool for, our to, for us to use to determine you know, what uh, our constituencies right, are looking uh, from us. And so every year, you know, we sort of like use uh, the framework that's already available to us online to try to establish this roadmap that we'll go to in December and by January we'll give out this report so everybody knows how hard we're working. And we have also uh, three uh, offices, right? Uh, one in Harlem, the flagship office. We open one up right in Washington Heights on 181st Street and we have our Bronx office. Now, we used to have it in Fordham Row, but the building is under construction, so temporarily we're at uh, Assemblyman Dinowitz's office in Kingsbridge. Right. So uh, we wanted to bring the Bronx into because for uh, several years there was no no office in the Bronx, and I, I pledged during the campaign that I would open, and I will have a, press, uh, a presence there. Great, great. And so... You have physical presence, you do- In addition, obviously, to my Washington office, right? Washington, D.C., right? Washington Heights, Washington, D.C. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So all these ways of uh, kind of figuring out what is, what's on people's minds, um, what, what about uh, voices that aren't as active in, in uh, writing to you or reaching out? How do you figure well, out? Well, for example, you know, the Latino community, particularly the immigrant community, they're new to this. So I make sure that I am culturally and linguistically uh, sensitive, that I communicate with them in Spanish, that I know, you know, what are the key issues that they're, you know, for example, right now, the food security issue is a problem, right? And so we put out a fact sheet with all the testing sites and all the food distribution sites. And then we just continuously send that out. Uh, and when there's a new one that pops up, we include it on that master list so everybody knows that if you don't have any food, you may be able to go down the corner to the local church once a week and get you know, spaghetti and rice and beans and tomato sauce and, and the likes, right? And so that's important because people are having a rough time. Or if you feel like you want to get tested, you know exactly where to go. Mm -hmm. And I think we got probably more testing sites than any other community wow. in the city of New York. Wow. So reaching out in multiple different languages. Um, That's correct, yes. Connecting people to local resources. Yes. For example, last week I went to 116th Street 
where I, I worked with uh, the Senegalese and the African community with Iman Kanate and, and a bunch of leaders there from the African community to hand down masks and to speak to them about the importance of being safe and social distancing. And so uh, we did that. I'm gonna do that today at the River Park Towers, the Roberto Clemente complex in the Bronx. I'm gonna go there and give out masks and hand sanitizers because there was a, a big issue with, with deaths in that complex. In fact, there was a big New York Times article about it, uh, about how many people die in those in those towers. Wow, wow, that's great work. Um, so you mentioned a couple of community leaders. What other community leaders, community organizations are you proud of uh, that you would like to kind of highlight uh, in our community? So, uh, Catholic Charities has done a tremendous job uh, they have a, a food security program, and they've done just Monsignor. Uh, Monsignor uh, has done a tremendous job at getting to the neighborhoods uh, where the, we really need it. Yeah. Uh, also, the SOMOS uh, uh, group, the doctors, uh, uh, the, the individual physician association called SOMOS, they were the ones that helped us put together these testing sites very early on. One of the first ones went, was put over there, was placed in, in the parking lot right across Lehman College. And they just did a fantastic job. Did a fantastic job very early during the pandemic. They were out there. In fact, a couple of doctors unfortunately passed away from that group. Yeah, they lost a couple of members. And they went all over the place. They even went, Governor Cuomo sent them to Texas to New Orleans, to Florida, they went down there we just recently and set up testing sites over there. So that's a great group that I worked with. They also launched food security programs in many of the restaurants in the neighborhood. Okay, wow. And, and restaurants and a lot of other small businesses are struggling right now. Uh, what is your office, what is federal government doing to support Local folks in the well, we, we encourage them to, over 6,000 of them, apply for PPP. Uh, and I think altogether there was over 40,000 jobs that were retained. And uh, the New York Presbyterian also gave a $10 million grant that has now uh, helped uh, close to 500 businesses. And they're just, they, they're not even there yet. They've only spent for Four million dollars out of the ten, so I think at the pace they're going, they're going to be way over a thousand businesses. I got five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars to help them reopen, in addition to PPP, right? So I, you know, we're working on a regular basis and on a constant basis to inform the businesses what what the opportunities are there that could be helpful. That's great. That's great. And how about folks struggling with paying rent and mortgage? Well, there is a moratorium right now, but as you know, uh, there is a concern about that because people are backed up in their rent. And so that's why I'm pushing really hard with Chuy Garcia from Chicago for the $100 million in, in rental assistance in the HEROES Act. So that's one, of, that's one of my primary issues that I'm advocating for, for that funding to be uh, approved so that people uh, could pay their rent 
landlords then could uh, could also meet their obligations with the bank, mm-hmm. and everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard something about the HEROES Act might get passed in September, uh, which is actually coming up pretty soon. Um, if that, well, at least, if- at least uh, some parts of it. You know, I, I don't know if we'll do. I mean, I think Nancy Pelosi was responsible in saying, okay, I know that we submitted a $3 trillion project. Uh, uh, let's work with $2 trillions, and you guys are proposing $1 trillion. Let's meet halfway. Uh, and let's get some things done. And unfortunately, the Senate has not agreed to that, nor has uh, Trump. I think he's playing politics right now. But Amer- the American public, you know, needs those six hundred dollars, oh, yeah. and they need the stimulus check. Right. And um, we're hearing complaints already about people that you know they they were expecting six hundred dollars and they didn't get. They, they, they were cut off about a week a week ago. And it's starting to hurt. They're feeling the pinch already. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that funding is important uh, to help pay the bills. Uh, so, what would you advise to people who live in your district and districts, maybe in other parts throughout New York City, who care about the Heroes Act and the provisions like PPP and rent uh, alleviation, education? Uh, how could how could regular people get involved to help push push the Senate and let's keep the pressure on Trump to pass rental assistance and the six hundred dollars as well as monies for education state and local government funding which he seems to be again against is is critical too because if we send federal money to the states or the municipalities it means very little they have to make dramatic cuts in their own budget for programs that are so important to families. So states and local governments will get some money. Public transportation is important. And I put some money into the MTA system because eventually when we open up, we got to have the subway system and the bus system available for working class New Yorkers. Mm -hmm. And so should people call Congress, write letters? And what do you recommend? Absolutely. Email, call, write letters. Uh, and uh, make sure that uh, the Senate and the White House understand that as voters this year, you want the $600 unemployment benefits, you need the additional stimulus check, and you must get some rental assistance to make sure you're not, you don't wind up hum- homeless after this pandemic. Yeah, it's so important. Thank you for those recommendations. Um, just a couple more questions about civic engagement more broadly. Uh, you mentioned the census and uh, how, how much more time do people have to reply to the census and what, what's at stake? Well, unfortunately, uh, Trump cut a month off uh, the census uh, process, which was a critical month because uh, now is just about the right time where the enumerators go out there and start knocking on doors to make sure that everybody responds to the form. And so if, we're, if we have a, a, a 30 days less in the process, that would almost guarantee that we have a, a major undercount. And we don't want that because uh, I don't know of any executive, mayor, governors, and in this case, a president who's so like pushing for an undercount. That's like sabotage, sabotaging your own self. Uh, 
so like pushing for, for there not to be an accurate count of how many people are in the country, that only hurts America. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit it in any way. But that's what Trump is doing right now. And so uh, we got to continue to push. And that's why you've got my robocalls. And I send stuff through the mail to push as hard as I can to make sure that we get one of the – right now we're leading the, the city uh, in, the, in the count, but it's not good enough yet. Uh, it, we're in the 60%. Uh, last time around 2010, and we finished in the 70th. And we were number one in the city, even though we're hard to count this. We pushed hard then, and we're pushing hard now. And if we get that higher percentage, we'll get more funding allocated? Yeah, it's about $3,000 per person that will be lost for any person that's not filling out their census form. And wow. usually what happens is, unfortunately, parents don't put their children down or anybody else that lives in the apartment. You ought to do that. There's no penalty for people that live or rent a room for you. And don't forget to put your kids, even if they're like a month old or if they're yeah. you know, 30 years old and they live with you, right? That's a, a big number that we could emphasize. Look, if you do reply, you're more likely to get this 3,000. Uh, That's, That's correct. That's correct. Um, so participation in census is super important for financial reasons, for uh, connecting to how many representatives in Congress we get. Um, uh, you, you know, there's a lot at stake right now um, with the census and also with voting. And so... There's, there's a lot of moving pieces right now, but what would you say, um, let, me, let me phrase it this way, why, why don't you think people vote? Well, people went out to vote in bigger numbers right now in this past primary because of uh, the vote by mail and early voting. So I, my district saw a dramatic increase. In fact, a third of the vote was by mail, close okay. to a third. So, uh, there was a dramatic increase in participation in the primary process. And I hope that people can continue to utilize the tools that we have available, which is now early voting eight days before the primary and voting by mail to increase the turnout. Yeah. I think people, everybody should be cognizant that that's so important. I think we're going to get a big turnout this time around, this, mm. this November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else could we do to help improve turnout? Because there's all kinds of, you know, New Same York. Day registration should be a no-brainer to us. Uh, in increasing funding for the postal service so they can respond. They could respond to the increase of the vote by mail. The board of elections needs to get his act together to ensure that if you apply for your ballot, you get it on time and you can return it on time. So those are all things that we need to do. But I think we're on the right, right track and in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Congressman, what else are you just curious about in general? Well, I want to make sure I deliver to my district that people that are uh, in my district understand they got a congressman that's fighting for them. I've been highly critical or I've been in the ring fighting Donald Trump. He's been uh, very abusive against immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself. So... Uh, came here with no papers and now I'm a member of Congress. So, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, that I fight for every day. Uh, and I represent a very diverse district, but I think diversity is our very strength, our very number one strength. So uh, I try to represent my district every time and one constituent at a time. 
uh, with the best uh, possible results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any any good books? You mentioned New York Times article. Um, any other good books or articles that you've read lately that you've enjoyed or could recommend? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I want to get into, uh, I've been reading some Neruda, some Spanish uh, poetry, but, uh, and of course, Spanish is a romantic language. It's such a wealth of uh, literature there uh, that you can, that you can get into. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to now get into Hamilton, which is like uh, 900 pages, uh, but it's going to take a little downtime for me to get into it and try to finish the book. Right. But yeah. uh, that, that's going to be my next, uh, I got a couple of, of classics, right. That I got lined up, uh, Hamilton being one of them. And, and just a couple of books about, uh, Ulysses Grant and and of course uh, also about uh, Abraham Lincoln that I want to take a look at. Great, great. Uh, I hope you got a little bit of downtime. Um, just the last question I'm always curious about, you know, we always talk about big challenges. What's a small scale? What's just a small action that you think any citizen should be taking today? Well, those those folks that, that I think registered uh, to vote uh, and those folks that are answering the census, I think, are doing, you know, completing their civic duty, right? And, and particularly when we know what it took. We just lost John Lewis. We just recently, this week, we had, uh, two, two nights ago, we had a, a big Zoom uh, memorial for John Lewis um, and in conjunction with the Abyssinian Baptist Church. And, you know, consider what he did for us and what it took for us to get those rights, uh, for us to diminish the importance of them by not participating. It's a travesty at the very least, right? So we should register to vote, cast our vote, let's answer the census. Very simple, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we could all do that. Great. So thank you so much. Any other thank last you. things you want to give a shout out to or any other? Well, thank you. I'd be more than willing to continue this dialogue with you. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity. Really appreciate it, Mr. Espayat. And Take care. enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.